everybody, and thank you for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Today we're talking about Star Trek Beyond. I am here, of course, with Eric and Ed. How are you guys doing today? Hello, sir. Doing well, doing well, brother. Good. Um, well, I saw Star Trek Beyond today. Who all saw it today? I, I, I saw it today. I saw it Friday it was... with my mother. She's a big Trekkie. Oh. Uh, hello, hello. Yeah, little mother son date there. She she's a big Star Trek fan. In fact, like I was um really? I, I was telling uh, a few people about it because they were surprised. Like, oh, your mom's a Trekkie. Yeah, she would trick us as kids for movies. Like we would just be you know sitting around. I'd be you know playing like a Super Nintendo or you know some games or some shit like that. Sisters playing dolls or you know whatever the hell the kids do, right? And she'd be like, hey, kids, get ready in sure. a half an hour. We're going to go see a movie. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. What, what movie are we going to go see? You know, I remember one specifically. I was like, mom, can we, are we going to go see The Pest? Can we go see The Pest? And, uh, the Pest. Yeah. And she's just like, get, me, uh, get your shoes on. We're going to go to the movies. And I was like, oh, can we go see it? She's like, yeah, sure. Get your shoes on. I'm like, oh, man, this is so, I'm excited. I'm so freaking geared up for this thing. And uh, we end up going to see, like, Star Trek First Contact instead. And she did oh. that. She did that three times with me, man. She did that <laughs> for for Insurrection, and she did it for Nemesis too. Like she was just like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to the movies." I'm like, oh, cool. Are we gonna go see this movie? She's like, "Yeah, sure." And then get in the car, and then we end up going to see a Star Trek Next Generation <laughs> movie. So what you mean is she nice. lied to you because she wanted to go see a movie? <laughs> That's basically what it is. And you know what? Like I'm not saying that it was a bad thing because all those Next Generation movies were pretty good. You know, some better than the others. Mm. First Contact was was. I think oh. we can all agree was was awesome, right? It, it's the be- it was the best of of that generation Star Trek of the of the next generation Star Star mm-hmm. Trek. So yeah, uh, I mean, I wasn't disappointed, but you know, or at least I was at first. But then she's like, yeah, all right, this movie's actually pretty good. But so yeah, that's what we that's what we did when I told her, like, hey, listen, you want to go see this movie? She's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, let's go see it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. I uh, you know what? I guess my response is I'm the noob. I am the noob when it comes to Star Trek. I purposely wear, wore my Star Wars shirt today just because I wanted to be that guy. Um, but I actually saw it with my dad. My dad's actually a Trekkie. Um, so you can be both. For, yeah, you can be. But my dad's more of a Trekkie than a Star Wars fan. I'm the Star Wars fan. He's not. Sure. But uh, I went with my dad today. And uh, packed theater at 1230. I couldn't believe it. At an IMAX showing, believe it or not. Packed theater mm-hmm. i could not believe that and i was like this is still relevant this is still a thing so i don't know anything about star trek all i know about the star trek is uh the bald guy that everybody knows from the 90s and the tv show it's john luke picard, is that picard right? yeah mm-hmm. Engage. and all i and all i know is borg that's that's it okay so my knowledge of star trek is this new trilogy so no, far you, you, I, know, you know spock everyone knows spock well, yeah, I know Spock, but I like—I don't know, like storylines. Like, I mean, okay, fine. I'm a noob, but I'm like kind of a noob. I know the Wrath of Khan. I saw the original three movies. No, I, saw the I, I get it. You, you, know. you know, you know some underlying characters or major characters, but you don't know any, uh, yeah, major major points in the story. Yeah, or, or what they're yes. doing, or anything about the Federation. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know that. You know, so which is why this movie left me with a lot of questions. But I guess we'll have to wait till we come with that. So, Ed, uh, where do you come in from this movie? Are are you a well, noob? You a Trekkie? Where are you well, at? Well, sort of. It's it's sort of weird. Like uh, I, I have a sort of my story is like a mix of both of your stories. Um, I saw it today with my dad, who's a Trekkie. Okay. Um, and I grew up like sort of 
wanting to be the exact opposite of my father sure. in a lot of ways. End up, you know, personality-wise, we end up being the exact same. But a lot of the things that the things that he loved, I loved the exact opposite. Like he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm a Browns fan. But oh. in terms, yeah, oh, I know. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. But uh, he, you know, <laughs> he grew up. He's a, he's a, he's a Trekkie. He loves Star Trek, which create which you guys now understand. My love of Star Wars. Sure. Sure. So, you know, growing – but he, he actually, after we saw this movie, he schooled me on a lot of things. Like, we were talking, and he's nowhere near as nerdy as I am. The, the three of us are, really. But uh, he, he sort of schooled me on a couple of things. Like, I, I ended up asking him questions about the movies and all uh, – you know, the, the original movies and then the next-gen movies. Because I'm not, a, I'm not a noob, per se, because I grew up with him – watching the next generation on TV. He loved the next generation. Nah. And and he never took me to see the movies because it was just one of those things that he he w- he didn't really care to go to the theater. You know, he was more sure. of a TV guy, which I guess explains why I'm a movie guy. But, you know, I, I know some things. I know under underarching stories, I know things, but I know more of them along the lines of the next generation because obviously I was there with him to watch those. Yeah. Um, and, but he helped put into perspective for, for me, sort of paralleled this universe, which is a re, you know recreation of the original universe, but a, and a different timeline, obviously. And they really talk about that in this movie, how this is a different timeline. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm the same way. I grew, my uh, I was a big Next Generation fan, and so I grew up uh, more watching Next Generation, not not the first of the old school, but uh, more centered around Next Generation, which is I enjoyed very much. I never got into Deep Space Nine. I never got into Voyager or anything like that. Even though you know I could pick them up, and uh, the episodes are um, built kind of to to Star Trek uh, formula, much like how uh, like those NCIS shows or Law and Order shows are built to to kind of structure, sure. and uh, uh-huh. and they work, and that's why they don't change them. They 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 keep it because it works. People, that's what the fans want, mm-hmm. and so I enjoyed it all the same, but. You identify uh, to one area or the other, or one generation or the other, just given what you're exposed to, you know? And I was definitely next generation, thank goodness, because that had the superior captain uh, on, <laughs> for all of them. And just, uh, just awesome characters of it, too. So I, I very much liked um, next, uh, next Generation. But this new, uh, this new J.J. Abrams kind of launch of, uh, you know, the Bad Robot Generation, however you want to call it, Pine generation uh, is is not that I, I enjoy it. I like it. It's every all the characters commit very well, and they're very believable in their roles. They they fit to suit very well, and so I like it. I, you know, it's it's just kind of what it is. It's I, I still always will say the next generation is superior. But then again, the people who I you know you talk to about will also say that they were exposed to Kirk in that generation. And they'll say that that's superior. So true. It's all what you're exposed to, and it's just nice to have Star Trek kind of go to one per generation to keep it going. I, I would I would like to say though, sort of about this particular movie. Obviously, J.J. Abrams had a different obligation. <laughs> you, you know what I mean when this was being filmed, and, and, and you know. So, but you can you can sort of tell the difference between this one and the other two in this generation. Uh, you know, the other two paid a lot less obvious homage to the old story this one this one sort of had a sort of a, a, a normal movie feel you know well, I, I, given the, the credits on it it was written by simon Pegg and a few others 
mm-hmm. but Simon Pegg's a very obviously uh, a big you know Star Trek and Star Wars fan. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see that in a lot of his other work too. Like uh, what's this TV show? Spaced, is that? Uh, his yeah, first? Space. yeah. So that was uh, that was one. Um, the director Justin Lin, uh, you may know him from the Fast and Furious franchises. He, yeah. He's also going to be doing the new Space Jam movie. Yes, yes, he will be. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, that's yeah. Oh, I think he's. Pro- I'm looking up his credits. I think he's producing that, but still, he's putting his name on it. And uh, that's, uh, that's it shows me he's, it shows me that he's directing it. I'm on IMDb as we talk as we're talking now. Whew. Maybe he's maybe he's doing the double double role there. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, he's actually the reason why I I didn't want to see this. This is uh, this like I said, this is the first Star Trek movie I've ever saw in theaters. Uh, the but I have loved the previous two. I liked uh, Star Trek in '09, and I also really like Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, the reason why I did see Star Trek Into Darkness in theaters was because it came out the weekend I got married. And uh, my wife was very adamant in saying, you're not allowed to see this movie in the weekend of our wedding. It's just not <laughs> happening. So um, so I didn't go to chance to see it. So I, th- so I saw it when it came out of Redbox. Uh, but Justin Lin's the reason why I was not interested to see this movie. I completely forgot about this movie. If it wasn't for the show... I have I would have not have gone out to see this movie honestly, and I'm not saying this movie's terrible. It's just the hype leading up to it for me. Uh, I just didn't have an interest because I don't like Fast and Furious. Uh, when that movie first came out, it was cool. It was good for the times. Everybody in my high school had neon in their car. Hell, so did I. It was a thing to do. Yep. I I also had blonde tips in '99. Doesn't mean it's cool anymore. <laughs> However, I will, though, I will probably say I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. But I will say, when you first saw the first movie back in 2000, you didn't say, oh, there's going to be 10 of these. I mean, <laughs> seriously, come on. Yeah, so you I never just, thought, you know, you thought that would go. Yeah, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to do a review here, Fast and Furious, but how do you go from hot chicks, short shorts, racing cars movies to bank heist movies is beyond me. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Ed, you've never seen one? I'm just gonna never seen a thing. single one. I'm just going to say this and I'll shut up. I don't know which one there is because I've seen all of them. Uh, it's either the fifth one or the sixth one where they literally pull a bank safe out of the bank and they drag it through the city with a car. Pretty sure it's number five. Yes. So, anywho. Yeah, so was two, they took two Mustangs to do two that. Mustang, two Mustangs to do that. Well, it took but, two Mustangs. would have taken one Camaro, just to throw that out. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, he was the reason why. I don't, I don't see Hollywood's big dick about him right now. Uh, clearly, he's a very unlucky director. Paul Walker guy, uh, was, 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 was killed, and also the guy who played Chekhov's now dead. So, don't make him another movie. He's, somebody else is going to die. <laughs> he's going to kill LeBron oh, in Space wow. Jam, too. <laughs> I wonder... Wow, you know what? Did you just bring out a new Madden curse there? Like... You I think did. I did. Holy shit! I all right. Now he's got my attention. Like I want to be <laughs> seeing what because he's doing the the, the new uh, Jason, uh, Jeremy Renner Bourne movie too. It looks like. Yeah, and and Matt Damon or somebody's gonna die. I'm telling you. This is it's this, this is the the Jeremy Renner Bourne, not the uh, not the uh, Matt Damon Bourne. So I think. Oh, it's, this. Oh. Yeah, it's the other Bourne. Oh, don't kill Hawkeye! Oh, don't kill Hawkeye! No, oh, whatever, dude. I don't want Hawkeye to die in real life. I mean, sure. well, no, I don't want I don't want anyone to die. But I mean, at the same time, like Hawkeye's a, a secondary character, man. He's not going to get his own movie. At least I hope not. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, and, and we're, we're getting off subject. But you didn't think about that today, because I thought about that in theaters. I was like, 
this guy directed Fast and Furious, Paul Walker, uh, Paul Walker is now dead, and then and the guy who played Chekhov is now dead. This yeah. guy directed two. This guy's two movies in a row. A character has died in real life. I did not. I did not know that. And a few curses can actually pull that off. Like Poltergeist had the curse where someone died after each making of the, of the Poltergeist movies. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, obviously the Twilight Zone curse. But uh, we'll, will. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Well, let's get into it. You guys wanna? You wanna get yeah. into it? I do want to get into it. Um, so, like I said, I uh, I actually saw this in IMAX. And uh, did not know I was seeing this in IMAX. It was one of those. Well, I don't, I'm I'm getting off. Subject, no, no. You go to the right IMAX. time. You go to the time. That's the only one they have available, right? Yeah, it was like the only one available. I paid like four dollars more. It was a huge freaking screen. And the and the guys said, because I asked one of the guys, I was like, "Is this an IMAX?" And he goes, "It's barely an IMAX. Like it's almost. Like you ever heard of that before? Uh, like you like the screen's super huge." Yeah, I mean that's that's why I went to go see it uh, in 3D. Uh, okay. 3D, 3D IMAX, and that was just because it was one of those things where you, you go at that time, and it was uh -huh. just like, that's the time that works for me, and it just happens to be at that time they're doing IMAX 3D, okay. and you go, okay, that's fine, and, okay, you know. I was just curious, yeah, because I got nauseous a lot in some of the camera moves, which that's my one of my biggest gripes about this movie is, you can tell it's made by somebody different. Abrams didn't move the camera as much. This guy... I got nauseous a bunch of times during this movie because he loves to turn the camera in a complete circle and just has a lot of bullshit shots for no reason. Took me out of the movie, actually, a bunch of times. Yeah, he's uh, – well, that's he's, – he's all about not – he's all about the action. That's He just wants it to look yeah. – he wants it to look cool. I mean, that's where Fast and Furious comes in, obviously, you know. Make it yeah. look cool. Get the nice angle. Get the nice shot. Uh, do some different perspective shots, and then it'll look pretty cool. Yeah, and, and no. you can, like I said earlier, you can definitely tell that this is not a J.J. Abrams done movie. Oh no, I mean obviously, less flares. Obviously he, you know, yeah, I mean obviously he had Star Wars to do, and you know, so like he made the right choice in the sense that like this movie. I mean, this movie to me, although it was good, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I, I, it just felt bland. Now I don't know if that's because he oh. wasn't in it. You know, up until up until the end, I was bored. Actually, thank you, Ed, for saying that. I was going to say that. I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but I almost fell asleep twice. <laughs> I was, I was, I was pretty bored with this. Not that, uh, not that the movie was bad, but I've, but I've seen this story, not only in just Hollywood versions, but I've seen this in Star Trek. I don't know how many times. You, you see it in Fast and Furious. You know exactly like how the pacing is going to go and it paced itself very well it answered all the questions you were going to have it gave motivation to all the characters too it gave backward conflict overarching stories and you know it was again very much fast and furious because that's how all the different characters work you get a group of characters maybe like uh, eight notable characters you know who are just kind of get their camera time get the dialogue and stuff like that give them overarching yeah. conflicts but then there's one big one you know the, the main focus and uh and at the end, it all ties together, wraps up in a huge bun, and uh, yeah, and that's it. To me, to me, it was very safe. Uh, what the? Okay, so the thing I was confused of seeing the trailers. Now again, I'm a noob, so I'm sure you guys are gonna harass me on this. But when I saw the trailers, I thought I was getting the Borg. This no. is not the Borg. No, no, I, I didn't. No, no. If you were, if you were gonna get the Borg, there would have been a lot more PR because the Borg is. Uh, first off, the Borg is next generation. 
Um, oh, so oh, okay, okay. So Kirk and Spock never even knew the board. Then. No, 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 no. They, uh, no, no. That's that's something they did something else. And you know, um, there was a notable episode in the old ones called Trouble with Trebles or Trouble with Triples. I'm sorry, someone might be okay. correct me on that. In the beginning of this movie too, where Kirk is kind of doing a peace offering with those little uh, critter-looking things. Yeah, it kind of gave me that feel. I think that's what they were trying to do was kind of like an homage to the Trouble with Triples. Um, episode there too uh and oh was, really yeah and that was okay. very much kind of like a like a like a, a gremlins critters type thing where it's just being overwhelmed with these little furry hairballs oh okay yeah because i always thought that uh kirk's big bads were the klingons is that right no that's uh picard's uh that was that was a it's a huge huge uh storyline too because they are a repeat enemy too uh if this okay. was if this was the board you'd be crossing generations and I, I don't know. I would really love to see it, but I just don't see it uh, happening with this with this line or this generation. Maybe an origins well, of the Borg. Well, because that's what I was going to say is that is this an origins of the Borg? Because these villains, these bad guys, seem kind of Borg esque with their beehive mentality and how yeah. their spaceships a unity. fly. Be- yeah, because really, and I don't know. I mean, like, please tell me if I'm wrong because I'm just going off of what I'm trying to understand and piece things together here. But it seemed like we only saw maybe what, maybe one or maybe like two or three of the actual bad guys. Right. And the rest were just like soldiers that were always in these black outfits. So, like, were they, were those other things aliens? Was that the members of this guy's crew? Uh, I don't understand who those people are. You know, who, what are they? Are they robots? From, from what I understand, the explanation in the movie is that uh the the main a lot of the main people were old crew members and they just were able to kind of find something but uh they had crash landed on that planet i believe okay. right and that okay. the existing uh life forms that were there were oh man i wish i need to get they were they were suffering and they had some technology so basically um they merged technologies and kind of he merged the leader and took control of them so okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. So okay, so tell me. Okay, so, almost like, so, like like a colony without a with a colony without a queen, pretty much. And then they just okay. kind of showed up and just kind of assumed the role or something like that. Okay, so for the people who haven't seen this movie, the basic plot of the villain is the villain and his crew are actually good guys with Starfleet. They used to be soldiers, and they crash landed on this. Oh no! Oh man, we lost them. <laughs> Ed, you back? Oh wait, here we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. Uh, the uh, the lady upstairs, uh, her toilet leaked into my bathroom, so we got a plumber, and uh, the plumber just sort of barged in. I want to make sure everything was all right. <laughs> my dog started crying and going off, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay. What's going on? Sorry." No, no. We were just in the, in the middle of explaining uh, um, the origin of uh, Idris Elba's enemy character and how he came to uh, to power on that on that planet. Do do you mm-hmm. remember it at all? I mean, help me clarify is that he crash landed on that planet and pretty much just kind of assumed control of uh, of the the people that were living there. Well, no, no. What he had said was is uh, he he landed there. Whether it was crash land or not, I don't remember that. Um, but he had. He, there was only a couple people up from his crew left after a while. There were only three left. Right. 
So it was him, his crew members, his couple of crew members, and and him, and they had left the people, the uh, the people that had inhabited that planet had long abandoned it. Oh yeah, and had left robots, left drones to do the mining and digging. So oh. my assumption. So my assumption is is that he reprogrammed those drones to be attack drones and okay. built guns or something. Okay, there okay, we go. That's we what I was wondering. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, that's I, yeah, I obviously must have heard something else in there, or maybe I've dozed off just like you guys did. <laughs> yeah, because I was really confused about it, because you only saw, like, one or two of the people that looked like him. Now, that's another question, too. Why does the villain look the way he does? Because he was a normal human, but this happened 100 years before the Enterprise shows up. Well, so we, we can assume like... that this is a lot of the things because a lot of times in Star Trek, what happens is that, uh, and they actually do do this very well, is that they assume that different planets have different effects on different bodies, what, given with the radiation that maybe is around them. Uh, for okay. instance, like in the next generation, there were a lot of uh, people who uh, had rejuvenated powers. They stayed young because of the rings of the planets. Uh, there was a nebula nearby mm. this one, and so... Um, with the technology there, they were able to uh, uh, consume kind of energy and life force to kind of keep it going. So maybe that was just kind of a side effect of that, or maybe it was a side effect of the nebula as well. Obviously, the appearance was not one that was um, explained too much in this movie. You're right, okay. and, and he, but you're but he is exactly right. They'll they'll tell you along the lines why a species looks a certain way. That I think is something that they missed in this one, though, because without my knowledge of Star Trek, and yours, obviously, Eric, you know, the guy looks completely different than what he does when he comes back, you know, and yeah. he gets off that, he gets off that planet, goes outside of that nebula, and goes on to the space station, and he looks like himself, but still, you know, organically changed, he looks like he used to, but, you know, it's in the sense that he's an African-American guy. He's got, the same, he's got a human facial structure now, human body structure now. But he's got sort of like these, these things on his head. The ridges. So well, that's because, yeah. he, that's, because he was, uh, that's because he was stealing the life force out of people. Correct. Remember that? Because he was, he was touching those two prisoners when mm -hmm. he had Aurora or whatever. And then I guess he, he kind of uh, – this villain reminded me of the villain in, in the Mummy remake with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. You know, like, Imitep, like he, I think it's his name. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly who this villain reminds me of. Not saying that just because it's bad or anything. I'm just saying because like he, 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 he steals people's souls or life or whatever you want to call it to make himself younger or more human. Yeah, that's why I thought that was something that they missed. Um, the biggest complaint I have about the storyline aspect of it is that I think they completely missed what the third movie should have been about. And my my opinion is, I saw Into Darkness the other night just prepare for this movie, and they were all about Klingons. I know Khan was the main for, uh, main main uh, main focus on it. But Romulans. We were gonna go Romulans. I'm sorry, not Klingons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Romulans. And no, 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 Klingons because they're talking about war with the Klingons when they actually find Khan. Oh, okay. And remember that in Into Darkness when they were trying to find where Khan is and they crash land on a ship and they crash land on a planet and it's the Klingons. Well, see, Jordan, but here's, here's what you got to remember. There are, there are two outside sources, the Romulans and the Klingons, who are not Federation allies. Whoop, so whoop, whoop. I'm, they land on the Klingon planet, but they're, fighting with their, but they're worried about the war with the Romulans because there's that barrier that if you cross this barrier, then we're going to have a fight with them. And 
they just happen to land on a Klingon planet. If I'm, or well, maybe I'm getting that backwards. What, 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 well, that's fine. What I was trying to say is that I think that's what the third movie should have been. I thought they were leading up for this movie to be the war. That's what I thought they were uh, doing. Well, this was more. I think we got the feel. We all agree on this. This is more of just kind of like a like a filler movie type thing, you know. It feels like it is. It feels like it's just shoehorned in. Like just uh, just change your pace. Let's mix it up for a little bit. Let's throw a different baddie in there. Let's uh, you know throw a different conflict in there type thing. And uh, and yeah, let's just let's just keep it going type thing. Let's get some good action sequence in there. Um, yeah, but there's there are other big moments in this movie, like uh, like obviously the passing of Leonard Nimoy, where they wrote into the movie that Spock had yeah. passed, the best for Spock had passed, uh, and that uh, new Spock had pretty much, uh, well, it's it's on him to kind of uh, almost assume the role, or you know, or he feels that he mm-hmm. that it's up to him to kind of uh, help the race a bit more, you know. And that's what the actor who feels like it too, but I guess the actor decided to stay on Zachary, whatever his Zachary last Quinto. Name. Zachary Quinto, yeah. He actually did sign on to do a fourth one, and so did Chris Pine, because I because Zachary was saying this is it, he's done. But I guess he signed on to do a fourth one. And now, well, the paycheck's there, and Hemsworth is also in the fourth one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a prequel which, thing. So, which you know, you guys brought up a couple of good points. brings back brings us back to the fact that this is not J.J. Abrams. There are a lot of things that were missed in this movie. You know, I, I yeah. think I think you're right with this. The storyline didn't make sense. The I mean, it, it made sense in the sense that like, okay, you got a bad guy, a new bad guy. Blah, it was blah, just blah. simple, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a filler, but there were still plot holes. So let's just say J.J. Abrams had this story. You know, like this is the one they made him do. He would have explained why he ch- why that why that uh, the character changed. He would have explained why there's a lot of unexplained things that would not have mi- been that would not have slipped through J.J. Abrams. Well, I, I yeah, think, yeah, uh, actually, good, good point. No, good no, point. because then there was one conflict where they talked about the captain's conflict, where uh, even in the beginning, where where Kirk was just talking about how after a while, the same thing, the routine over and over again, feels uh, the days feel episodic. Where you don't know when one day starts and one day ends, and as a captain, you can kind of get a little, you know, cabin fever. Uh, I guess they didn't say cabin fever, but that's essentially what they described. And remember mm-hmm. when he applied for the ambassadorship too? Is that uh, she was just like, you know, oh, we know it's okay that you know, as a captain, it can be, you know, uh, lame up there. It can be, uh, you know, a bit uh, maddening. Do the same over and over again, and that was the symptom that drove the baddie Idris Alba to kind of go kind of uh, insane against the Federation too. You know, where they were just like, okay, we're going to shut down the military, and you're going to do this thing for us, where it's the same thing in day in day out, day in day out, and you're essentially he blames them for driving him mad. And that's true. Like yeah. they they tell you exactly what's going to happen in this movie. You know, they they give you they give you the symptom of the bad guy. Right at the beginning of the movie, by giving it to the good guy, mm-hmm. then they, you know, then something bad happens with the eight, with, you know, with these aliens, and they destroy the Enterprise. Which, if you think about it, they destroy the Enterprise in all three of these new movies, and they've done it one other time in the entire history of of, of Star Trek. But uh, yeah, you know, so they so they destroy the Enterprise again, <laughs> He's right. and then um, you know, and and then they find the the USS Franklin with the the new member of the cast was Jayla. Yeah, uh, they, they, they. You know, this is her home now because her, her, uh, ship also crash landed there and it killed her family and all that stuff. And then, like, they, they give you this, this story, like this, uh, this little video, 
that once that ship is now up. And my dad didn't catch it. I caught it, you know, because we were talking about it after the movie because he knew I was co- I was watching it to to do this, and he had asked me what I had sort of caught, and, and I caught right then. I said, "That's the crew." I didn't know that they were going to be drones. I thought that those were the bad guys. Like the, this crew is the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you know, and then then the one thing that they missed it, that was the biggest, biggest, biggest plot hole for me. <clears throat> excuse me, was if they were the crew, if this was the captain, but yet this Jayla put uh, put. Uh, cloaking device uh, on the ship, they would have known it was there anyway. Oh. Yeah, that's, a, that's they, a good point. Whether they crash land, I don't remember, did they crash land or did they land there as part of a mission or something? Either way, dude would have knew it was there because they even tell you, like, as they're fri- flying the USS Franklin into the, the, the drone ships with the, with the UHF frequencies because they know what they're going to do, they know how they're going to destroy them now. You know, he even turns back and says, "Ah, oh, my old friend." Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, he, because he would, I was actually, yeah. He would have I known was, that sorry, ship yeah, was yeah. there. He would have known that Absolutely. ship was there. That's a good catch, yeah, man. That's I'm a really gonna, good catch. Because I was going to bring that up too, but even more to the fact I'm going to add on to what you were saying. What didn't make any sense to me, a plot hole, is that if he's a captain and he has a couple more guys still in his crew, what? Why couldn't they do what the Enterprise crew did to boot it up again and get the hell out of Dodge? I mean, uh, are they? Yeah, that might be the, I mean, might be the, the crazy part because I think at that part in the, it, I, I see what you're saying too. You're very right. Um, you're very right on that part too. But I think uh, at, at that part, whatever had happened and in, in the circumstances where they landed up on that planet, whether it was crashing or they were just kind of going there, I think they crashed because the way that the Franklin was seemed very kind of crash-ish, right? But uh, the last captain's log entry he had, he was pretty much declaring war. Or mutiny against the Federation, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, think, yeah. So, and, and the story they tell with him was that he was he was a a soldier. He he fought in a couple wars. He was uh, he he was a not a captain in the sense of like that we know, but he was like a, he was a soldier, much like if I don't know uh, Eric or Jordan, if you guys ever saw uh, Firefly, the the short lived uh, TV series, which was one of the greatest of all time. Yep. Um, you know, where like Malcolm Reynolds, he was a soldier who then became a pirate. The the converse is true with this guy. He was a soldier who then became uh, a captain. They gave him a ship, and he regretted it because he was a soldier. He was not somebody that could lead people. Right. And and yeah. Well, I know. I just yeah. It was the I shutting just, down of the military. Bullshit on it. No, it, I just like, are, I just call bullshit on it. You know? Those are good like, they you know, because think about it. If if us three were on a ship and we crash land on a planet, we could have figured out how to get back. I mean, like the Enterprise crew didn't do nothing too outrageous and too outstanding to where this original crew couldn't figure it out. That's you know, that's like, not necessarily the case. Because if you think about it, think about an engineer from a hundred years ago versus an engineer from today. Hmm. An engineer from today has all the knowledge that has been built up in the last hundred years. All right, they point. were the good first point. that you know they even they they were the first ship the USS Franklin were one of the was one of the initial fleets ships in the fleet of Starfleet. You know that a person from a hundred years ago couldn't fix a car from that's been ma- manufactured today. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. Whereas a guy that could fix a car today can fix any car made in the last hundred years. 
Good point. Because of that Good build point. up build up information. Let's let's Good move point. on to more to more the visual aspect of this movie because it does seem to be kind of an ex, its own character in in the movie. So going into uh, Yorktown, um, that yes. that yes. that kind of interplanetary uh, uh, city that was there too, which looked amazing. I thought it was a very cool design the way that they did that. Very very ring world. Very uh, very <laughs> Rama. The way they just kind of have everything uh, kind of. It reminded me of Elysium. Like yeah. I mean that's pretty much how it is. I mean because that's um, that's that's a, a Arthur C. Clarke kind of uh, invention type thing where uh, the solution for gravity and you see it in, Interste- in Interstellar too is uh, mm-hmm. so instead of making things kind of standing on the outside of it and having internal gravity source, you build things yeah. the opposite and just have it spinning, kind of like how uh, those carnival rides work where you stick to the walls of uh, uh, those yeah. things that spin around really fast. I forget what those things are called. The, yeah, the tilter worlds or the scramblers. Yeah, tip. yeah, exactly. Some some yeah. crap like that too. So pretty much, you you through uh, through that motion, through that type of energy, you create the gravity that way. So that's pretty much how they how they're doing it. It's fantastic. Fan- it's how they how they do that. The visioning of it, the way that you see the Enterprise just kind of uh, go through the tunnels, channeling underneath the water. That was really cool, man. I like the way that. Oh was. yeah. So uh, that yeah. was really cool. The way they did that. A lot of the visuals were really cool. A lot of the uh, even the booby traps that uh, Jill had set up around. The area that that little little smoke wall thing that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah, visuals it, in this movie are really good. I yeah. I completely agree. Like I think, you know, there's there's nothing innovative, but it looked really good. And that's yeah. really what no, you need was, in this movie, all. right? Yeah. What's that? That's really what you kind of need in this movie, right? I mean, that's Star Trek oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like if you remember from even like going way back in the old days, you could tell this. You could tell the the uh, what was a set, you know, where it was everything was live, and then the, you could see the background, which was a different color, and you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is completely canvas. different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, you know. So it was. I mean, I agree. It was really cool. And at at the end, they they use. The idea of like they even tell you, hey, listen, gravity is gonna be way different when you're up there because it's the set, you're at the center of the creation of gravity, and the bad guy uses the the slipstream of gravity, which I don't know if scientifically that's possible. I don't know uh, that, that neither none of us are smart enough to know that, but you know he he uses that to sort of fly around and go back to what he wanted to do. Like I, I thought that was that was really cool too. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I if I can answer that question. It seems like you know because when you fall, everything falls at like the same speed. So it feels like if you were to jump, you'd be, you know, you'd and especially if you're you're going off of one gravity to the other, it feels like you would pick up speed. So it seems like you would hit a lot of those those skyscrapers pretty hard. But whatever, it's a Star Trek movie. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, kind of added feature they had there, where you just say, okay, let me just dip from one skyscraper mm-hmm. to the other one. You know, let me go from this this plane to the next one, kind of like a uh, uh, some sort of um, you know Escher painting there. No, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like uh, the visuals I thought were better in this than what it was in Into Darkness. I really thought this was the actually better than the '09 one too. I thought this was the best visually stunning film. But for me, the issues was the characters and for the plot because uh, it, was it just me or did Kirk a look really old and b he did not look like he wanted to be there at all. The uh, the uh, the well, actor, not the well, but no, but you got you got to realize that's the that they they're painting you that story at the very beginning. They're telling you that Chris Pine or Cap Captain Kirk 
is tired of being a fucking ship captain. And he's and he's because in real life he's thirty five. I don't know where he is age wise in the in the series, but um, he looks old. He has a lot of gray hair and wrinkles. Let's now, assume the same. Now, is that makeup, or is that, or is that not? I, no, I think that they design. I think yeah, I think they t- tell that story on purpose. That's that's the story they want to tell you. Is like is uh, is Kirk is tired. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He he, he tries to be a, a vice admiral for that for that that spaceship. He's done being you know the captain of the Enterprise. So he's just sick and tired. He's done. He wants a new gig. He's he, you know he's he's done. Like he's just war. And then he sort of gets reinvigorated. <coughs> and my dad even point, pointed to me uh, out to me the line at the end of the movie when they're saying when when uh, the admiral of that space station says, "Hey, listen, if you want the job, it's yours. Nobody deserves it more." And he says, "Well, where, that'd be no. I would. I, I'm assuming I can't fly anymore. That wouldn't be any fun. Or there's no. What's the, where's the fun in that? Was the line. Right. And that that's a Kirk line that that's been throughout the entire series. Is where's the fun in that? So, okay. So yeah, good point. Yeah. So there's that. Until he gets bored. You know, the next I, one. Until he gets bored. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, uh, you said you saw this Friday, and the first thing you said it to us in the messenger was the sabotage scene was awesome. And I'm watching <laughs> this whole movie, and I'm like, sabotage. I'm assuming he's referring to the song Sabotage, like he did in the first movie. I'm like, did I miss something? What's going on? Because I went to the bathroom twice, so I figured I missed it. But uh, no, you're right, Eric. That ending sabotage Beastie Boys song was amazing like oh, this like really cool. wow the visual effects of these of these ships that are like pretty much a giant wave kind of reminded me of the matrix you know what the ending with all of them coming out you know right, they just have a swarm was, just kind of like this little, yeah. little, little thing there's just a swarm that just yeah it's like it's like if you're there you have probably shit your pants i mean I would have, <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that i mean fuck me like no visual effects were great with that, Eric. You were right; they were spot on. And then that. even the part yeah. when uh, when Yorktown caught the frequency, and then they repeated the frequency through their shield too, and it just yes, just blew everything up. That was amazing. that was the best part of this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the best part. That was the best that was part? that was the best part of that whole movie is when they come up and and then she plays sabotage. I've got the noise. I've got the, the screaming and the pounding. And yes. and it plays it, and then uh, Captain Kirk he gets a little spurk on his face because we, as we all know, that that was the first time we see Captain Kirk in the first movie. Is he steals his stepdad's uh, car and is blasting this song driving down the road. So he he you know he gets a little spurk on his face and says, "I like it." Yeah, <laughs> it was it was, it was great, really cool. It was kind of like it was just kind of surfing the wave almost, you know. So, yes, mm-hmm. no, great. And it's funny is that you didn't think that, I mean, honestly, if you, if you kind of take yourself out of it and you really think about it, it's like, wow, that, that piece of music doesn't make any sense in Star Trek. It's classical. But for, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, classical. Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe it is. But it works. <laughs> and actually, actually the one, one thing that I will say that I really liked about, about this movie was the comedic timing was hilarious, especially with Bones and Spock, where he's like, "So you gave your girlfriend a tracking?" Yeah, device. that was a good one. The, like, the horseshit scene. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the theater was laughing about the about the tracking device, and I'm saying to myself, "Well, my wife has a tracking device because we have iPhones, Find <laughs> Friends app." Oops, whoops. <laughs> No, it was Sorry. it was good, and you know it's great because 
Bones is kind of finding that that role where he's he's just a doctor. He's a doctor first, you know. Yeah. He's 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 yeah. his only place on the Enterprise is that he's there to just kind of tell people, no, it's my medical advice to say you shouldn't do that. And then it's great because you you see him more and more where Kirk is just like, hey, well, I need you to do this too. He's like, I, I, well, damn it, Jim, you know, I'm I'm not that. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor, mm-hmm. not a spaceman. <laughs> Did he say the damn it line at all? Because I haven't heard him say that at all in this trilogy. Yeah, yeah he said he, he said damn it, Jim. He says damn it, Jim all the time. Yeah. Uh, okay. They they cut him off because he was about to say it, and then that's when they beamed him and Spock into one of the hive ships. Damn it, mm-hmm. Jim. I'm a doctor. Uh... And he, he was getting ready to say the F word. Like he, he said foot, and then yeah. all of a sudden he, he you know he's beamed up. So mm. it was, it was, I mean, it was yeah. But uh, okay. I mean, everybody was good. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna say just all in all, it's just one of those movies because you saw it in IMAX. I saw it in 3D. 3D was complete, not necessary for this movie whatsoever. By the way, too. Uh, it, there oh, was it wasn't just, good at all. Well, there was you know a few movies like um, are built for 3D. You know, like when you when you make a movie with 3D in mind, then you get the most out of it. But when you have a movie like this one. Or like Star Wars, or most of a lot of the kids' movies now, and uh, that aren't made for 3D in mind. They just are able to cut over like a 3D film on top of it, and, and just you know sell it for four bucks extra a ticket, and yeah. just kind of get that going. There's there's no parts or part in the movie where you're just like, oh, I really st- stood out, you know. Oh, it's like a like a Disney really? World 3D theater. You know, it, it adds depth. That's all it does. It just adds a dimension. So that part, um, maybe when like the swarm is coming over the the Franklin ship, um, the Franklin kind of stands out a little bit more, and that swarm really just kind of is a little bit more detail. But there's no one or two scenes, even you know just that that really like are made for the 3D part. Some movies really do stand out, like How to Train Your Dragon 3D was really good because of uh, of the the flying scenes through the cloud, or uh, Hugo. Obviously, that was that was completely made for 3D. Uh, okay. As Chris says, he actually said that he relearned film and how to make it for 3D, and all those parts—the the introductory train scene—everything was built for 3D, and it's immaculate. It's wonderful. It's not the greatest film, but you know, <laughs> it won a whole and, bunch and of awards. I, I saw I saw this in 2D because I'm I don't like watching movies in 3D for the simple sense that like I wear glasses yeah. to see, like I can't see without them. So I, I I just feel like there's a there's a double sense of vision. Like obviously the the fans can't see us, and all three of us wear glasses. I don't know if that's a problem if that's a problem for for you guys as well. But I I just I, I don't like watching a movie in 3D because it sort of makes me a little motion sick because I'm I'm focusing from my normal glasses, which help me to actually see through another set of of glasses that are refocusing your eyes for the for for 3D. I mean, sure. Yeah. I I just get the, I never, the bigger 3D glasses, and I just go over mine. Yeah, I've I've, I've never had that issue. Uh, the only time I have that issue when it's terribly done, like uh, what uh, years ago, my wife and I saw uh, Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton remake, with that in 3D, and yeah, that made us nauseous. But other than that, no, haven't had an issue. Well, okay, here we'll get into this then. Uh, we'll get into the recommends or not recommends. Uh, so. Um, well, Ed, let's go with you first today. Ed, do you recommend Star Trek Beyond? If you're a fan of the series, you got to see it. You're gonna, you've already seen it by the time this review is going to come out. 
if you're if you're a movie fan, it's a generic movie. You know, it's there's nothing innovative about it. There's there's nothing magical about the story. There's nothing that was you know unlike our last review where I was on the edge of my seat for Ghostbusters, and 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 I was I was bored with this movie, except for the sabotage scene when they're when they're when they're fighting the uh, the aliens in uh, outside of uh, what the hell's the name of that space station? I Yorktown. Can't yeah, and I saw Yorktown. this. Mo- I saw this movie literally four hours ago, and I can't remember. I can't remember anything about <laughs> it. That's how fucking memorable it is. So, yeah, it's it's another one of those movies that if it's on HBO Go or Netflix or whatever, you want you can watch it. If you're a film fan like us, go see it in theaters. I mean, I'd rec- I'd recommend it because it's not an awful movie, you know. But it's, I'm going to tell people to go see it, but I'm going to tell them to wait till it comes out on Netflix. Nice. I, okay. I I agree with you completely. Like it's it's one of those where again I enjoyed it. It was fine. If there's nothing else in the theater, you want to go see it. Yeah, sure. If you're a fan of it, the, yeah, then you probably have already seen it. I agree with you completely. But yeah, this is one of those movies where. You know, you're you're kind of at home on a Saturday, and it just happens to be kind of playing on HBO like a year from now. And you're like, yeah, well, I'm too lazy to change it. You know, I, I guess I'll just yeah. keep, I'll just keep on watching it. It's like one of those come across movies. You know, you know, you're not missing a whole lot from it. It doesn't. It's a standalone movie, completely from the Star Trek uh, and this this newer generation. If they were to continue kind of with the conflict of Romulans or do something else. It's a, it's a standalone. But then again, a lot of the Star Trek movies are, are, are standalone. They don't follow in a sequence. You know, you can watch them kind of out of out of order, and they would just be kind of their own standalone adventure. So, kind of like Bond in a way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly uh, uh, how that is. So it's, again, very episodic, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I would say, um, I'd say wait, you could wait for this one. Um, you know, if you, you know, there's, there's probably some other movies you could probably be better spent if wasting money on in the theater. This one was... Again, I enjoyed it, but you're probably better off just kind of waiting for this. And also, uh, also for me, I'm 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 very black or white, so for me, it's going to be a not recommend. And but I, I want to make this clear though, I'm I'm giving it a not recommend because best way to say this, I don't think this movie's terrible. I don't think it's bad. It's a very adequate, very visually stunning film. But other than that, it doesn't give me any. Uh, entertainment value doesn't give me any pleasure. Like, I'm not coming out of the theater going, oh, my God, I can't wait to review it with Eric and Ed. This is going to be so much fun. I just went, oh, I got to review tonight. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's not giving me that hype that I'm looking you for. You know, the best way I can say to describe no. it is that it's an enjoyable movie, but in a week I'm going to forget about it. I, I saw it four <laughs> hours ago, and I can't remember anything that happened <laughs> other than what I what the major things. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it was very... Very weak in a in a but but like you guys said, it was very episodic. So since the main characters signed up for part four, maybe we'll get what we want. Uh, but uh, I am gonna be excited for our next review because our next review is a movie I've been waiting a year for, Suicide Squad. I'm excited oh. as hell for this. Yeah, and I'm gonna see it and 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 I and I'm gonna see it twice. I already got my pre-orders twice, so I'm gonna see it twice <laughs> for this review. Uh, be I have one. to. That that'll be a good. I one. Have At least I hope it will be. I mean, we'll 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 see. We'll see. You know, yeah, it's kind of this to, weird yeah. thing because like with Ghostbusters, uh, you know, everyone was building up how how trash it was and ended up being like, oh, it's actually a pretty good movie. You know, uh, for you know, enjoyable. But 
same with Suicide Squad. It might be the complete opposite. Kind of this hype train be. is just built up so much. But the same was for Batman and Superman. It was built up just like, oh, this is going to be... Mm, just watch out. This is, this this is going to be the movie right here. You know? Yeah. And then you go see it, and most people are just like, well, what the, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's what I'm worried about. That's why I'm seeing this twice. I'm, I'm going to see it opening night through my fan eyes. Through just, oh, my God, fanboy, I cannot wait to see this. And then the next night on Saturday, I'm going to watch it from a critic's eyes and just, okay, I already saw it. I know what's going to happen. Now I'm going to pick this thing apart and see if I actually think it's as good as the fanboy thinks. You know, so that's what I'm kind of going for. We'll see. But uh, I'm I, really excited for it. I think all the secondary characters are going to stand out more. Yeah, like the, well. The Joker and the Batman appearance, I think that's going to be more memorable. But, yeah, because Joker hopefully is in it. But anyway, we'll talk when we talk about it. And yeah. then also, we're going to be after Suicide Squad. We're going to review a movie. I put on the schedule. You guys didn't deny it yet, but I have down there Sausage Party. So we'll oh, I'm totally down for oh, Sausage yeah, no, no, Party. Yeah, we're watching oh. that. Okay. All right, because I have Sausage Party down. So <laughs> That's going to be oh, the best. Yeah, best be probably going to be the funniest yeah. movie of all oh, time. What happened? I hope so. I hope that'll be a, you know, I hope that'll be a, a good standout movie for the summer here. <laughs> oh yeah it'll be great so well uh everybody uh thank you so much for uh downloading this episode make sure to check us out on our website movieguyspodcast.com check us out on twitter and also of course check us out on itunes you can download this episode just type in the search bar on itunes movie guys podcast and you'll be able to find us some people have messaged us and says that our logo looks like uh uh, a pizza pie on flame, so we'll go with that. Uh, for no, so flaming pie, yeah, uh, yeah, flaming pie, man. That's what they called me in college. Anywho, uh, what? <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. And for Eric and Ed, we'll be back soon to talk about suicide squad. Right, guys, have a good night. See ya. Good night. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.